Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. How's it going, folks? Happy Monday night to you. Welcome to Got Your Back post-game live stream edition. Jason Strudwick, Rob Brown standing by to break down 4-1 win for the Edmonton Oilers over the New York Islanders. They call it a streak, baby. They call it a streak. The Oilers finally on one. Got Your Back is always brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC, our proud title sponsor. If you missed out on their Friday the 13th sale and you wish you had attended, because they know how to do events. That's one thing they do a great job of. Well, they got another one coming November 24th and 25th. Take advantage of their special Black Friday promotions, including up to $7,000 in discounts. They're not messing around. Mention that Got Your Back uh, sent you, and not only will you receive specialized pricing, as a bonus, you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages. That's on new or used vehicles. So that is November 24th and 25th. Check it out at Sherwood Buick GMC. Uh, GMCpod.com is the website as we're coming to you from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park. More than just golf, it is a sports destination. Locations on Stony Plain Road. And in Sherwood Park as well. Struddy joins us from his Long Shots home studio. And Rob Brown, driving home from the game tonight. Brownie, you're done the show with Reed. How far is the drive? How long we got you for tonight, pal? I love having you on these post-game pods. I love being on them too. I've got about 15 more minutes. And then I'll go creep out in front of somebody in my neighborhood's house. And park out there and finish the pod with you. And usually get a dirty look from the people in the house. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. Uh, pressure was lifted off a little bit here tonight with this win. Uh, I don't know, guys, just an overarching thought before we get to the breakdown, but Strud's new coach comes in and you get the win. That really changes what at least the next 48 hours look like until the puck <laughs> drops in the next game. Imagine the difference in the feeling between those two. Well, especially the way the game started, right? 40 seconds in, bang, goal against. You're like, mm. oh, my God, right in the slot yeah. um, for for uh, the Islanders. So I think that for him, you know, the team comes back, they steady the ship, and, and now you have your first win, right? It's like a rookie. You want to score that first goal. So I think it was huge for them to get that win tonight. And just now it's a streak. We're talking about a streak. We're going streaking down by the quad. Yeah. Brownie, thoughts on just getting that first win and the difference that it creates? Well, I think that the Oilers played their best game of the year the other night in Seattle. And they fly home. They finally get to smile on an airplane, uh, enjoy, you know, being winning a hockey game. And they hadn't done it in a while, yet that fun was shortchanged because all of a sudden your coach is fired. So if they would have gone out tonight and lost the game, all of a sudden, all the good feeling you had from that game in Seattle is completely gone, and you're starting from scratch, yeah. and now you got the pressure of everything on you. So yeah, I think it was a big win for them. It feels good that the day started terrible and finishes good, and now they've got a winning streak, as, as Strud says, and they got they're feeling good about themselves. The stars of the Oilers were the stars of the game tonight. And that has been a long time since we've been able to say that. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop, specializing in heavy-duty commercial truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, and parts sales. With seven bays and a vast dealer network, their highly-reviewed customer support team, their professional diesel mechanics are ready to assist you with all of your needs. Visit Adrenaline Diesel. .ca. Struddy, you talked about it. Uh, not a great start. And Chris Knobloch was asked after, like, what were you thinking in that first 40 seconds? I mean, you know, fantastic opportunities given up right in the middle of the ice, goal against. It really had that feeling like, oh, welcome to the Oilers, bud. Yeah, go back to the uh, the, the very first shift. 
uh, and, and I was like, oh, God, he uh, Leon's coming down the ice, down his off wing. And instead of just taking a shot at the net, he tries to go cross ice and it's picked off. And from then on till the goal was scored, they were in their own zone. I believe there was a, a face-off in there. But I was like, and I was sitting right in that corner. I'm like, okay, just, just shoot it on the net. Like, just, just put it on the net. Don't have to make a, uh, overthink this too much. Um, but you're right. They, they get it and then they kind of stabilize a little bit. Right. I think they kind of find their, find their way and they're, they're probably nervous and, you know, uncertain. It's not like there's a lot of good feeling around this team so far this year, but they do find a way to get it through. And this, this looked like a game from last year, right? Maybe you get down, you get back into it and your power play, uh, pulls it out of the fire the last uh, couple of minutes. Well, we know that yeah. in the National Hockey League, if you get good goaltending and good specialty teams, you win. And we've seen the Oilers win that way many, many times. Tonight, they got excellent goaltender from Stuart Skinner, and their power play came through in a big moment. That hasn't been happening this year. Yeah. And that's something that has always been the trademark of the Oilers. If the Oilers got a third-period power play in the past, it was almost automatic. And tonight, it was. And I think that's a good feeling for the Oilers going forward that their power play came up big at a big moment. I thought that the start was pretty brutal. I thought they looked nervous, pensive. I thought their passing was off. It was just kind of like the the everything they'd been through and the pressure of the moment just, I think, got the better of them early in that game. I think their goalie helped stabilize them. And then how about that second period, gents? That was a, I mean, first of all, it was a snooze fest. Second of all, four shots through 17 minutes, five total in the period. Major letdown of a period, I think, in terms of a team that should be playing desperate. I don't think there was much desperation in their game in the second period. And lots of opportunism in the third period. But, man, what the heck was with that second period? And even that start with this group, it was just the weight of everything, I think, kind of bore itself down on them a little bit. And and they had to be patient, guys, through, through an ugly stretch. Well, let's just be honest here. Like, that's how the owners want to play. They want to just lull you to sleep, not a lot of excitement, yeah. just kind of get through it. I mean, who's who's the most exciting player on that team, right? I, I, I guess it, uh, um, Horvath and Barzell, right? And Barzell. Those are the two guys, but they're not really – I mean, they're really not playing with anyone who's super exciting. Like, you look through that lineup, you're like, who do I want to see? And Barzell is definitely up there. And I, I appreciate their D, man. I think they've got some really good D. Uh, and their goaltender, but there's no one that brings you out of your seat other than Barzell. It's such a, it's just boring. And, but, I, but that's the way they're built. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to play. So I thought that the game um, for, for quite a bit of, I'd say the first half for sure was kind of trending the Islanders way, just low event, boring, sleep fest, hockey brownie, kind of like watching you at the gym. <laughs> no, they still worked way harder than I do at the gym. Um, but but I, the one thing, though, that you liked in the boring part, and yeah, that second period was boring. I, I watched a little bit of football during that time. But the one thing that you liked is the Oilers didn't start forcing things. And that's where the Oilers have gotten in trouble this year is when nothing's going on, they feel like, okay, I got to try something different. I'm going to pinch here or I'm going to try this long stretch pass up the middle of the ice, that's where they've gotten themselves into trouble. Today wasn't a perfect game. It was by no means a perfect game. And there's teams in the National Hockey League the Oilers probably wouldn't have beaten with the way they played tonight. But it's a baby step. And their stars were good. Their power play was good. Their penalty killing was excellent. And so was their goaltending. So there are positives out of it, but it's still baby steps to go to where they want to get to and that's being back as one of the elite teams in the national hockey league yeah i'm going to take all of that analysis a step further and i'm going to say i thought their coach was good tonight and i know it's his first game but i want to make a point here guys like Knobloch's in a tough situation that's a quick turnaround for him it'd be easy to overdo it and try and do too much uh, resisted that temptation, went with a very simple plan, didn't really try and change a whole lot. But there were two things I noticed today about this coach. Well, there were a bunch of things I noticed, but two in particular are relevant right now. One, despite the fact that the Oilers had a winning lineup coming out of the last game, he split up McDavid and Drysaddle at morning skate today because that's what he believes the formula needs to be, at least right now. So he had the gumption to stick to his beliefs and change a winning lineup basically i respected that i thought hey all right good for you 
tonight when it it kind of went to pieces in the second period. I think it would have been really easy for him. Even I was sitting there thinking, like, you got to do something here. Really easy for him to have shaken things up, moved guys around, tried different stuff, broken up the lines. But he had a bit of an instinct, and the instinct was got to keep everybody involved and got to keep it going. So he went, he he kept his hands off of it and kept the lines together. He played Dreisaitl and McDavid one shift together at the end of the period. It's because there was like 20 or 30 seconds left. But Struds, I think there had to be temptation there to tinker, and he didn't. He left his lines. Well, he used the word post-game stability. Uh, and I think he also used it this morning a bit, if I remember. But Yeah, and we'll hear from him in a second here. Yeah, and he just talked about stability. And I, I believe in that. Like, you're moving guys all the time, all around. And, you know, it's 11 and 7. No, we're back to 12 and 6. And now Fogel's in the top. Or we're moving this guy down. Now we've got the two big guys together, separated. Like, at some point, just say, I think this is how we can win. This is what the group looks like when we win. And I am firmly in the group that says... 29 and 97 on separate lines for the majority of your time. And so, you know, I, I guess he kind of, you know, whether, whether you agree with that or not, I think that he f- is going to try to go that way. Um, and I like what he's done now, you know, the fo- or the Fogel and, and McLeod and Holloway. I like that line. I think to start there, that was something good. Then they kind of got away from it because of whatever injuries are, or, or just changing the lines up Brownie. Well, know what I like, too, and he talked about roles, and everyone has to have a role on this team, and Derek Ryan talked about it after the game. He appreciated hearing that because he's a role player. One of the things he also talked about was keeping Fogel and McLeod together to find some chemistry. In teams that I've been on, there's where you have set roles. Here's your checking line. Here's your energy line. If there's an injury or if, or if there's a suspension or someone's out, don't take from the energy line or don't take from the checking line and move up. That's why you have a minor league system. In the minor, we have a guy that's an offensive player. We're going to bring him up and we're going to put him in that spot because that's what I need there. I need an offensive player there. I don't need to break up another line that has been good for me because they have a role. And I like the fact that he said today he wants to keep Fogel and McLeod together so they can find some chemistry. You're not going to have lines with chemistry if they're moving all over the place all the time. If Vogel's in the first line, then he's on the second line. Then he's on the third. So let them find chemistry and then keep them together for a while. I love Hyman playing with Kane and Dreisaitl. That is a half-court offense type of line. They're all big. They're all strong. They're all physical. I think they will have success together. So there will be times when you put Connor and Leon together when you need to. But for the most part, let each line have its own identity. And the team will be, I believe, much more successful. It's a fine line because if your team isn't playing great in that second period, they weren't, and you do nothing and you end up getting down, then it's like, you know, you got to, you got to be finding solutions. Right. But I just, I like the fact that I don't know if you guys were sensing it too, but it was sort of like, okay, this is a major lull. Like when are we going to see 97 and 29? When are we going to see Holloway get a kick up to that top line? Because he had, he had the motor going big time. Right. So it just, it felt like that would have been the time to tinker and he didn't. So I asked him after the game, we're going to get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox here. Uh, and our clips are brought to you by Weiss Johnson Heating and Air Conditioning until December 1st. Receive a complimentary duct cleaning when you buy a new furnace. That's a great deal. This exclusive deal allows you to not only upgrade your heating system, but improve the air quality in your home. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson. I asked him about that temptation maybe to tinker a little in the second period. Here he is. I don't want to be moving guys around all the time. Things aren't going well. Well, it's because the lines aren't what they should be, and we're going to move somebody else. Ultimately, you're blaming somebody else because we're not taking ice time or situations hardly against uh, Leo and uh, Davo. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I just think it's important that stability is important. And there hasn't been that. Like there, there hasn't been that. I'm not. I'm not going back to beat up on Jay Woodcroft, and that's not the intention. I like Jay, um, and I, I actually liked him as a coach as well for the Oilers. But I, I just think that right now this team, their head has got to be spinning. Right? They're they're they haven't. They're, they they Stanley Cup or bust. That's what we heard. And now you know they're just they're they're barely surviving, getting out of trying to get out of the bottom of the, of the basement. 
provide them with something that they can just be stable and know who they're going to be playing with. Um, and there are a lot of options. Like, let's be honest, there's not a lot of extra forwards kicking around this lineup. So, you know, your 6DR, you generally know who your 12 forwards are going to be. And I like this, guys. I, I, I think this for now, they need this. Even if you think you should make a change, I think you got to hang on to it. As you mentioned, uh, Shogger, through that second period. Yeah, I, I liked it. He kind of just he, he he kept rolling. By the way, Dylan Holloway left the game. Melock um, didn't have an injury update for us after the game. Um, that'll be a big blow though, because I thought this was another night where Holloway really brought the energy. I thought he made some nice plays tonight, and I would say this kind of across the board. There were fewer. I mean, they avoided the big mistake tonight, Brownie. I mean. It, it's seldom this season where they haven't made the huge one. And I know they got scored on early and it was unfortunate, but I thought they did a good job of not getting in their own way through what was probably a frustrating game at times. Well, when you go through what's gone wrong with the Oilers this year, there's a lot of things. We talk about goaltending, uh, penalty killing, uh, the, the star players having off starts, all valid. But to me, the biggest problem for the Oilers this year was the, the five-alarm mistake that they would make. Uh, and they would make them over and over again. Easy opportunities for the opposition. The Islanders, for example, are a team that are not blessed with great offensive players, as Strudz was talking about. The Oilers made them work for any chance they got. What we've seen earlier this year is they'll give up a two-on-one, a three-on-one, uh, breakaways, because they make that big mistake. They took that out tonight. Now, all of a sudden, the Islanders got to generate themselves, and they're not good at it. So, to me, the biggest problem for the Oilers this year has been the big mistake. Tonight, they didn't make it. And at the end of the night, only one goal against and a victory. For sure. Third period, Struds, the Islanders made the mistake of giving the Oilers some opportunity and some life with the man advantage. Those mistakes that the New York Islanders made in taking those penalties, that might have just ignited something because all at once – it gave the team some mojo, and it gave some pretty important players some mojo. They lit a spark for this Oiler team by giving them those opportunities. Oh, that penalty, Holmstrom, like farthest point from his net, he trips Brett Kulak. Like if you trip Connor McDavid or <laughs> Drysdale, I get it. But I mean, Kulak's back was to their his net, and he trips him. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> to his credit, That's they funny. put him back out there again. I thought this guy's night is done. Loosen up the skates and crack out the Gatorade because I'm not playing again tonight. Well, they put him out there again. I couldn't believe it. But, uh, yeah, and you know what? It's it, We haven't had that feeling watching the games. You haven't had that feeling like, okay, they're going to score here. And, they, they, you know, and it was so quick that they 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 scored, what was it, within uh, less than 10 seconds. And it was uh, quick, dynamic. It was they were attacking. They were never on their heels. Um, I really think that kind of set the table for the rest of the game. I was like, okay, these guys these guys are, 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 are on it tonight and see an opportunity to, to seal this game quickly. Brownie, what did you see? Well, I agree with you, Shogger. I thought that was, I thought that was huge for for Connor McDavid. I thought Leon Drysaddle the whole game was outstanding. I thought he played a great game. Connor was still quiet through forty minutes, and you could still see some frustration in his game. But all of a sudden, he's on the power play. I, I think he was trying to bank it in off the Islander goaltender when it went to Hyman. Yep. But right there, all of a sudden, yeah. there's an assist. Okay, and then he right away another power play, and he gets the breakaway again. Fortunate bounce. But it does roll across the, the goal line. And now, all of a sudden, a big relief for Connor McDavid. And both superstars have a way of when something goes good for them, it continues to roll. So, all of a sudden, now Connor feels good about himself. Liam feels good about himself. Uh, I have a, a feeling that those two are going to get hot right here and start playing to the expectations of what we have for them, but also for the expectations of what they have for each other. And those bounces haven't been going in. Like that puck that went in from, I mean, think about the shot, right? Dry Saddle's been missing that shot all year. And that puck has not been rolling into the back of the net for Connor McDavid. The Oilers, uh, they worked and they got some bounces tonight. And uh, boy, those power plays, I think, really have a chance to ignite this team. How flipping good has Zach Hyman been dragging this team back into the fight here? Natural Hattie last game, does what he does again tonight. Um, you know, just really, really impressive stuff from Zach Hyman. Quickly back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. Ask Connor McDavid after the game about how Chris Knobloch came in and handled the day. 
in a tough situation. Kind of, you know, what McDavid made of his approach. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, he was calm, um, you know, came in and was uh, his calm self, um, you know, just, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't give us too much, um, you know, just kind of let guys go out and play and, and, uh, and we'll work through the details of, of his system as we go. Um, obviously, you can't do it all in one morning skate, so I thought uh, he did a great job under the circumstances. Struds, you listened to his availabilities today. You know, he's soft-spoken, which is different. And he doesn't seem to have everything kind of planned out with every question. (laughs) He's just kind of answering the questions, I thought, in a soft-spoken. But when you listen back to it, it's actually pretty thoughtful, the way he's answering the questions. Yeah, his style is different than um, a lot of coaches that kind of feel like they're they're the captain of the nuclear sub and they know everything yeah. they got all the answers like they're trying to command the yeah. entire room yeah and, and he, he he's not he like almost, that. when he's talking you almost have to lean in and you're like yeah what's he gonna say you know what's he what's on his mind so it'd be interesting if he's able to keep that pattern of um kind of the way he answers and and, and a little bit kind of thoughtful answers i mean it's his first day on the job right it's a lot different after two years or three years um but yeah there there is something that's um he's just he's, he's off like he's not offsetting just he just seems to calm calm people around him down and you know he made a comment this morning that, uh or what was it yesterday i think yesterday in his press conference saying you know, we have to take the pressure off the big guys and i i thought that was pretty well said i mean he, they they are they want to score they want to be a big part of this team brownie but you know, you do need to let them know it's okay not if you're perfect one night or, or a few nights. Other guys have to lift you up, and other parts of the games have to do it. So I, I hadn't heard anyone talk like that about those two. In I don't remember anyone ever saying that. Now Shaw you're there more than I am, but Brownie, I like that he made the comment. We got to take the pressure off the big guys. Well, you're right because usually it's the opposite. They're talking about we got the two greatest players. They're going to yeah. be great tonight. We every time I see them, they're going to be great here, and all of a sudden when things aren't going right and you keep hearing how great you are, you're like, okay, I'm letting the team down because I'm supposed to be great. It's funny. Connor McDavid mentioned that he was calm. Zach Hyman, when they interviewed him, talked about how calm he is. Then when you listen to him, a lot of coaches, when they come into a a room afterwards with the press, they come in with two things, come in combative and they come in with (laughs) an agenda. And he came in and he actually is one of those ones where, he actually was listening to the questions and then faking it through and then answering the question, mm-hmm. which I thought, yeah, I like, like listening to his interview, I I agree. It was it was a completely different interview than you normally hear. Now, maybe he'll become jaded as time goes by and you'll see a different side of him. But to me, it was like, I'm just, it's almost like he's reading a storybook to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some cocoa. This feels so nice. And yeah. maybe this is what this Oiler team needed because the Oilers at the beginning of the year, put a huge bullseye on themselves, not for just every team in the league, but for all the media, for all yeah. the fans, when they said cup or bust. So now they've got a coach in there that's like, you know what, let's just calm down. Let's just relax and enjoy the game. Let's just go out and play hockey. Yeah. So there's no thought of, okay, we have to be great tonight. Let's just simply go out and play hockey. And afterwards, we'll figure out what went right and what went wrong. Spent a lot of time on the binoculars tonight watching the bench, just out of curiosity. Uh, paid a lot of attention to Paul Coffey, his interactions, and Chris Knobloch. You know, he, he he talked a fair amount during play, I would say, from what I could tell. And uh, you know, in the commercial breaks, though, he was he was he was pretty chill. Like he 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 looked like he was not overhandling things, for mm-hmm. what you can tell from that standpoint. And I like the way he's handled his media availabilities. You know, the first thought is because he's so soft spoken. You're like, oh. The, doesn't have a ton of presence. He's not commanding the room. But then you actually listen to what he's saying, and you're like, oh, he's answering the questions. He's not just throwing them back at us and questioning the premise. He really was answering the questions, and maybe that'll get beaten out of him. I don't know, but uh, I thought it was good. Um, and by the way, tip of the hat tonight to, to Harry, Brad Harrison, the uh, the trainer um, for the Oilers, because he was the one that organized last minutes, mm-hmm. actually got Chris Knobloch's wife on a FaceTime call, and then they put that on a TV monitor. And when the head coach came in to talk to the team after the win, uh, they surprised him with his wife, who he had just had to get on a plane and leave. And he left his two kids behind as well. 
They had her on a video call in the locker room congratulating him on the win and handing him the game puck, which I thought was pretty cool. You guys know Harry. Uh, I thought that that was a really heartfelt thing to do for the new guy, for a bunch of people that were probably hurting about the old guy on the way out, Struds. Yeah, I'd say it's a really cool moment. And I think that it's obviously his family's very important to him. You know, I think that it's it's hard. Like, I don't think we've really talked about it at all. Is it like he's left his family behind? You make this choice in 48 hours. Yeah. He's out the door. His kids are at home. Like, it's not easy. And I know people leave, uh, you know, to, to, to work different jobs. But this is a hard one, right? It's now his dream. Uh, it's not his kid's dream for him to be in another city without them, right? And I'm not, I'm not judging. I get, like, I understand the situation, but it is, it is a hard one. So I think that there is emotion for him because uh, you're torn as a dad. Right? Yeah, he was really emotional earlier in the day today, yeah, right? Like, really torn. emotional, which I thought was like a, a really nice, honest moment, Brownie, this afternoon. I mean, you don't, you don't often see that, but I mean, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You know, I've traveled a little bit. Like, it's not. It's like I'd probably be doing the same thing if I were him, and I I, I didn't mind that emotion at all up there. No, I, I respected it. Normally when you see uh, professional athletes or when you see, especially coaches, when they're interviewed, it's robotic. You, you, you see them <laughs> as just a coach or you just see them as just a player. You got to see them as a human. And uh, he, had to make, he had to make a life decision in 24 hours. And one that mm-hmm. uh, it's a dream come true to co- coach in the NHL, but it also comes with uh, a bad side effect of not being able to see with your family and kids. It's not like you got to decide in the summer and then move them all here and it's all good. It's the middle. I don't know how old his kids are, but it's schools and jobs and different yeah, country and all that. Mid-teens, yeah, 16, so there you go. 13, so and, not, and they're not coming, Brownie. They'll, they'll finish the year uh, where they are. So big move for him and, and definitely some separation from the family. Yeah, it's very, very tough. So I, I think it's a very classy moment by the Edmonton Oilers getting his wife on uh, on the on the screen and, and being able to congratulate him on, <laughs> which is an incredible special night. If a hockey yeah. player, yeah. Started, you remember scoring your playing your first game, scoring your first goal. Those were incredible moments when you finally felt you made it. Well, this is a coach that's worked his way through junior hockey, the minors, assistant coach. He got to coach in the National Hockey League. And even better, he got to win the first game. Yeah, it's so different. You think about like what he's going through with his family. Then you look at like the Brown household, and like his wife has actually Brownie's wife has applied for jobs for Brownie yeah. outside of not just yeah. Alberta, but outside yeah. into she's, Europe. And uh, she's applied for him. jobs for me. Yeah, yeah. she's I mean. applied for jobs for me. Yeah, you're, Brownie, you don't know how. Leave. Yeah, you don't know how many times you've been shortlisted for color <laughs> gigs in the yeah. German elite league. <laughs> Assistant coach in, uh, you know, Leningrad. <laughs> Leningrad. Uh, hey, Steve. Uh, Steve O, behind yeah. the scenes there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to ask us anything a little bit later on in the pod. I've, I've been keeping an eye on the stream a little bit here. Am I getting chirped in the stream? I saw a couple of comments that people I, think I was trying to make them cry after I, the game again. Yeah, I don't know if that's chirping or not, but there's definitely a lot of comments yeah. about how uh, you're trying to get the head coach to cry twice in one day. Yeah. No, I I, for, I was not trying to do that. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, no, I, the reason I followed up, because he told the story on his own, the detail that I really wanted was, was she live on the TV or was it just like a video that she had sent quickly that they played on the TV or what was it? So I followed up and said, like, just tell us a little bit more about that. Was she live and what was the so I asked him again about it. But people are taking that like I was, you know, trying to tap back into whatever emotions Speck had tapped into earlier in the day. <laughs> Absolutely was not. I thought it was a great moment and I wanted to be able to tell the story properly. And so that's why I asked. Boy. A lot of critique on what uh, us media have done in that media room the last 24 hours. Hey, Struts, you got to come down in there and uh, and and join me in there one of these days, buddy. You know, and I, I used to go when Dallas Akins is in there, and I I I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't listen anymore. And I just I it really honestly it turned me off. I, I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, that's a number of coaches ago, but I don't know. I just something about that couldn't. Couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. What's with this DC guy in the stream there, Steve? He's, I don't know. He's, he's in a feisty mood tonight. He's really chirpy. So I think, I think I the know. fans are happy. They're chirpy. They're, uh, yeah. it's, it's fun chirps out going on yeah. right now. 
Hey, can, so I, it's can fun. I, I just see the odd one here and there? It's no, funny. it's very fun. Can I uh, take a question from the stream right now that has to do with that? So Davin says, sure. uh, well, he commented that the new coach is very transparent. And I sort of had that thought too. And when Struddy said that, you know, he doesn't want to be in those, in those, uh, in the room after games anymore. Like I, it felt a little bit different to me. It felt really kind of authentic. Um, yep. 100% it did. Yeah. yeah, I think. And, and you're kind of the voice of the fans, Steve. I imagine fans felt the same thing. And I mean, we often think as media, what are we getting from this person selfishly, right? But if you're a fan and you're listening to that head coach talk, I think you probably feel like you got to know him a little bit today and you actually got some some real good answers to some questions that you had. Uh, that was the breakdown brought to you by our good friends at Adrenaline Diesel. By the way, Rob Brown's appearances on the podcast, or at least his voice today, is brought to you by King Print. <clears throat> If you are a new company, Kinprint can help with logo design and branding. So check out kinprint.ca. Are you the creep parked out on the street in a dark car talking on your phone, Brownie? Uh, yes, I am. 100% I am. I'm waving at my neighbors right now. Hey, Darwin. Yeah. How you doing? Nice. All right, buddy. Get inside. Get some sleep. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys. Take care. All right, the great Rob Brown. Uh, Struddy, uh, we got Struddy's World coming up after our takeaways segment. Next uh, next segment, we're going to dig a little bit more into uh, Connor McDavid. Some of this conversation that there has been swirling around him today. Did some reporting today on what appeared to be uh, some mixed messages from Ken Holland and Jeff Jackson yesterday. We'll dig a little bit into that. Review some of what McDavid had to say about uh, Jay Woodcroft being let go because that happened this morning. We hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet on the podcast. And Struddy, what do you got in Struddy's world tonight, pal? Uh, former teammate of mine, Henrik Lundqvist. I carried him into the Hall of Fame. So okay, uh, just talk about him a little bit. Wow, can't wait to hear that. And then ask us anything uh, coming up as well. Short break. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Find the perfect gifts for the skidoo lover on your list at Martin Motorsports. Winter kickoff event happening Saturday, November 18th. The snow is coming, and you might as well get ready for playtime. Visit their West Ed or South Edmonton locations from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. The best pre-Christmas deals on gear and accessories for sled season plus specials on oil, avalanche gear, and sled accessories. More details are available at martinmotorsports.ca. Okay, uh, listen, we did a long podcast last night, Struds, talking about what we felt were some inconsistencies in the messaging from Ken Holland and from Jeff Jackson. Asked by Tom Gazzola about if management 
talks to players when these decisions are made. Uh, Ken Holland kind of indicated that, yes, they do. Jeff Jackson then said that they absolutely do not consult the players. I do have the answer here. We're going to clarify this. I did some reporting on this today. Here was the back-to-back answers. We did talk. I have talked over the, this past week um, with with uh, some of the veterans on our team. Um, I'm not going to tell you what they said. I take the information. Ultimately, I have to make I have to make decisions. Obviously, Jeff's got a long, long, long relationship with uh, with Connor. You can probably talk about that. Yeah. No. And we didn't consult with the players on this decision. <clears throat> Never spoke with Connor or Leon or Nuge or Nursey or any of the other leadership group. Um, so there it is, Struds. That was the clip. Sounded like kind of mixed signals. I had a conversation with Jeff Jackson today. I sent a few tweets out earlier on. Going to clarify this, right? The problem here was, was Ken Holland kind of answered a different question. Right. The question was specifically Strud's about when you're going to let it, you know, when you're making a decision like this, letting a coach go, do you talk to the veterans? Ken Holland had discussions with the veterans through the week, but it was the type of discussions, and you nailed this last night, Struddy. It's more about where's the team at? What do you need? What can we do to make this better? You know, taking a temperature of the group, that sort of thing. At no point is it, hey, I'm going to fire the coach. Are you okay with that? Or, hey, I'm going to fire the coach. What do you think? It's not consulting with the players on whether or not to do it that's what ken holland was referring to when he talked about talking to those veteran players jeff jackson saying that they weren't consulted all about the the firing uh he was clarifying that further clarification today is that you know what happened here by them that dynamic taking place yesterday struts is it's like People started to wonder, well, is how, how much does Connor McDavid get into the mixture on these decisions, right? You got Jeff Jackson in his position yeah. and Chris Knobloch in his position and Connor Brown. It just sort of starts this conversation about McDavid's involvement. And further clarification today, he's not involved. Less than you might even think, Struddy. Like McDavid, uh, you know, my understanding is Connor McDavid is not in the room. He's not consulted. He's not checked with. He doesn't have a say because he doesn't want one on all of these big decisions that are made within the organization. He's not looking for that. So kind of putting to bed the, any idea that he's sitting behind the scenes wanting all of these people to be brought in. Um, clarification on that today. Very much not the case, Stretty. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, I mean, I kind of mentioned that last night with uh, Jackson and Holland. That's kind of Yeah, you were bang goes. on. But I mean, for, for Connor McDavid, like to be the guy who – like, let's say that they'd come to him saying, what do you want to do with the coach? You're really in a really tough spot, right? You're in a really tough spot to make that call. I could see conversations more at the end of the year saying, hey, where do you think our team's at? You know, what, what do you what do you see as an area we have to improve on? Uh, and not like saying we need to get whatever, uh, you know, Eric Lindros. It's more like, well, I think we have to get heavier in the ozone or we have to be defending harder. Like, you just had to kind of – that's what coaches and GMs will talk to you about. Now, when you're at the top of the food chain, like Connor might get a little more detail, but I would, it would be really hard unless a player is a real problem. Like there's a real attitude problem in the room or do you literally hate the coach, which I I'd been a part of that before where no one, you know, it was time. Everyone felt it was time for this coach to move on. You're not getting specific like that. It's more general chatter um, to, to kind of solve it. I mean, I did Jay Onright's show last night. Like, he flat out asked me, he's like, what's going on with all this, Ryan? Is Connor McDavid the GM? He said it tongue-in-cheek, tongue, tongue in cheek, right? But it's this optic that is created with these moves that are made, you know, with Jackson and Knobloch yeah. and such and such, right? So this optic is created, and it kind of ended up falling on McDavid like, like maybe he's the one behind mm -hmm. all of this. And to your point, um, ju just it's just not the way that it happens because it's not something that Connor McDavid is is looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but there's definitely a pattern here with these decisions. And as we talked about a lot last night on the podcast, you know how much are they considering his comfort level with these decisions and, and looking ahead to that contract? McDavid did talk to the media this morning uh, about Jay Woodcroft's dismissal, and I gotta say, Struds, he looked shell shocked to me. I I believe he was stunned when he found out. Uh, I don't believe he knew it ahead of time. 
I think that he was genuinely shocked when he woke up and and whoever texted him, whatever message he got on Sunday. So, Steve, I think we go to the back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox here. You put a few different clips together, a bit of a mashup of some of what McDavid had to say earlier today before the game. I woke up to a text, like probably a lot of you guys did as well. Um, you know, uh, I know the narrative out there, obviously. Um, you know, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. With Jay, did the, did the message get lost or something? Because he had you guys going. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I don't think uh, the room. He never lost the room. Never lost the room. I didn't think. Um, never lost the room. So. Um, I love playing for Woody, love playing for Mance, um, two guys that, uh, you know, I think are unbelievable coaches, and I really think that uh, they'll be in the league very, very soon, um, two, two great, great coaches. And Steve, do we have Drysaddle as well from this morning? Couldn't agree more. Um, he's a great, great coach. Um, he's going to have a lot of success wherever he's going, so... Um, yeah, there's there's no way that that he lost anyone anyone in here. Um, you know, obviously us players, we're the ones on the ice. Um, we're as as prepared as any team in the league for for any given night. So um, it's it's on us to to obviously be better. I sensed a fair amount of accountability in there, Struds. Like I said earlier, the group was. I think they're they were feeling pretty guilty about the way this whole thing played out. Did you hear the same thing? Yeah, I had that feeling that they. Like I think they generally liked him, and, and and both of them, and I think they wanted to do well, and they they liked what they've done, and I mean the team won a lot underneath them. Like let's be honest, it wasn't like they struggled with those two guys in there. Um, but let's just look at it from Jay Woodcross' position. Yeah, you were fired. Uh, first time he's been fired, and he's out coach. I I I think he had did he have this year and one more year. Yeah, Ryan? yeah, yeah. Because he so, did a three year deal after yeah. the interim year finished. So I, I believe that is to start next year he'll have a three-year deal with more money so like money wise this is a good thing for him because he continues to get paid until he gets a new contract uh whether it's you know it's the end of this year or 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 then the next year i believe he'll have like financially it's good but you lose so i i think he will get a new job right away um you know, and, and I think he has to look at a few things and kind of just evaluate what he's done but i think he'll be up and, and running pretty soon but I am a little surprised that like Connor was so surprised that it happened. Like when you when you get into that situation where you're struggling, I, I like I don't know if surprised. I think you said I was disappointed more than I woke up to that text and what I think he used the word surprise. I was like, buddy, I I'm telling you, and I'm reading a lot yeah. into like I didn't talk to yeah. either guy off camera or anything. Yeah, I got the sense both guys were shocked, and here's why. If they were consulted the week before, just in terms of how's it going, right. taking the temperature of the room and all that, you know that those guys' message is, we got to figure this out in here. It's on them. We'll yeah. figure this out. We'll figure this out. I believe that their win on Saturday night right. would have led them to believe that there was more runway. I like that. The fact yeah. that it came after a win, I think, is what the gut punch was, the side swipe. Because they wouldn't have been surprised if he got let go the morning after the San Jose game, right? Mm -hmm. But because of logistics, they weren't able to, you know, to let Woody and Manson go while they were on the road, Woodcroft and Manson. So I think the gut punch was because it came after a win. And listen, there is a school of thought here. Had they stood pat for one more game like and not made the decision after San Jose and said let's see what happens in Seattle they get the win in Seattle did he buy himself the two home games that upcoming week then mm -hmm. could that have been the case they get that win in Seattle and then he gets the two home games i think that's probably what the players were thinking and that's why i think there was a certain amount of being so surprised yeah i like it like have coach being fired after a win is is pretty crazy. Like I, I, yeah. I it's it's I, I, I made a joking tweet about it, but like, you know, Campbell gets sat down the night after Skinner plays. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like, what the hell did I do wrong? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. They, I think that the decision was, as they talked about, already in motion prior to to, to that game in, in yeah. Seattle.
All right, that was Takeaways, a shorter edition tonight. Just some clarification because we made such a big deal about it last night. Um, you know, and, and when I talked to Jeff Jackson today, there was definitely, you know, a feeling of wanting to clear wanting to clear that portion of it up. Brought to you by Martin Motorsports. When we come back, Strutty's World and ask us anything. Stick around. Lots more ahead on the street. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey. For all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Strutty. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right, time now for Strutty's World. Brought to you by Pathfind. In the world of business, just like in hockey, strategy matters, right? So consider this, when it's time to make some tough decisions of employee layoffs, kind of apropos that we're going down this path with Pathfind, including Pathfind outplacement services for your transitioning employees is like ensuring your team always has a solid defense. Help your employees make a seamless transition to their next career goal. It's part of what they do. Visit www.pathfind.ca to see how they can assist you in creating a winning game plan for both your company and for your valued employees as well. Strides, it's been a heavy couple of days. It's been like a heavy week. So I feel like tonight, buddy, we got to go off the grid a little bit for Strides World. Getting away from the Edmonton Oilers, and we'll talk about a, a former teammate of mine that I, again, just pushed into the Hall of Fame. So there was a lockout of 0405. I'd signed with the Rangers and uh, for a couple of years. And so after the lockout was over, I make my way down to New York. And you know, you're kind of looking at your team, trying to figure out. You got Yager and guys like Straka, Rachinsky, uh, Merrick Malik, who traded for this Ruch. And then we had Kevin Weeks. I'd played with him before, and he was our goalie. I'm like, great, great. So that's really who I knew. You know, I didn't know a lot of other guys. Uh, oh, Nylander as well. Willie Nylander's dad. Uh, and we get there, so you're like, okay, let's just start practicing. And, and then we're, we're going at it, you know, practicing and stuff. And there's this guy, this good-looking goalie, uh, that I'm like, God, oh, that guy's good-looking. I hope he can play some kind of net. And as training camp goes on, exhibition, you're like, who? This guy is amazing. Like, he's he's making really good saves. I'm like, ah, it's exhibition. It doesn't matter. And then you get to the first couple games of the year. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's he's legit. And then he start rolling through the year, and he takes over from Kevin Weeks. And not only takes over, he rips the starting job away from Kevin Weeks and, uh, you know, played some unbelievable games. And actually, I think that year his save percentage was over 920, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly. And what's crazy is that year we, we were projected to be a lottery team, like the worst team in the league. And we ended up making the playoffs just barely, just barely made the playoffs. 
but it was all, well, not all. Yager scores over 50 and, and Henrik Lundqvist has a great year. But what's crazy is that uh, there was Olympic break that year and Henrik Lundqvist went to the Olympics. And I believe Sweden won the championships that year, the Olympic championships. And he, instead of coming back to New York, he went with his team back to Stockholm, that huge party there. And when he came back, he was not the same goalie. Like he was, he really struggled. Like I'm talking struggling bad. And I remember one time before a game, you know, we were talking uh, and I don't know if he was playing that. And I don't, I don't remember, but I remember it was before a game and we were talking about visualization and how I, I, I do it. And he does it as well. And he goes, Stratty, you know what I, when I, now when I visualize the players I'm seeing, they won't shoot on me. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they won't shoot on me. I can't get them to shoot on me. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? So obviously there was some kind of mental block there and he really struggled to his standard. So his numbers, I, I would love to see a number before the, the Olympics and then after the Olympics, what his numbers were. But um, I knew, you know, after that year, this guy is going to be a special goalie and a, and a really competitive guy. One of the most competitive guys I ever, I ever played with to the point where if you scored on a breakaway in practice, he'd make you redo it later on. And you're like, buddy, just let me feel good about myself. You know, it's not all about you. Um, but yeah, great guy. And so happy he got in there and well-deserved. Um, but elite, elite goaltending. One, one of the best of his generation, for sure. Yeah, I, I like that story. I'm just, I'm trying to pull his stats here too, just to see what year, which year would it have been where he went? Uh... I think it was 0405. Uh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh five, oh six. I, I think that was the year that I'm yeah. pretty sure he went to Sweden. Yeah, and um, um, well, I was at those Olympics. Those were in Italy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. I, I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty no, sure. It's, yeah, it's showing him here uh, yeah. playing for Sweden at the Olympic Games. Two point three three goals against average, nine oh seven save percentage. Yeah, and then uh, where's his stats afterwards? You noticed a big difference, hey? Took, oh, yeah. the, he, took the wind out of his sails. Well, well, first off, like, and again, this, I'm not here to beat up a Hall of Famer on his big night. <laughs> no, but, no, man. You're, lay, you're laying the yeah. boots to him. He's not even here to defend himself. I'm going to get shown and text him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to, I mean, I had an amazing year that year as well. I scored three goals. No one's talking about that. Right. But, anyways, he, um, like, he, he came from Sweden where he hadn't, you don't play a ton of games. And then all of a sudden now you're in an NHL schedule with the traveling, um, adjust, and then playing the Big Apple isn't exactly easy at times. And then you go to the Olympics, and it's just such an emotional drain. Then you got to come back and get us in the playoffs, or get our help get our team in the playoffs, and then get in the playoffs, right? And it's it's a lot to take on um, hey. for for anyone, um, even a you know a future Hall of Famer like during uh, the regular during the regular season, two point two four goals against average, nine twenty two save percentage. You want his playoff stats? Yeah, four point four goals against average with an eight thirty five. Yeah. It was it was t- like it was rough. And, yeah. and again, I'm it not like he had some pretty shoddy D in front of him. Struds. I can only block so many say. shots. Yeah. I can only block so many, right? And he, but he again, um, you know, you look at Stuart Skinner last year and what he went through. And here's yeah. a Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame goaltender who fails the wrong word, but experienced some. Tough times his first year in the NHL towards the end of it, right? And it's it's hard. It's really hard. So I, I didn't intend to draw a pillar of Stuart Skinner, but it does make me think of him when yeah. I look at at, at what uh, Hanky went through. Love it, and that not being able to visualize the guy shooting—it's crazy. I mean, that's yeah. You know, when I when I was having a tough time, I I couldn't stop visualizing guys want to go on me one on one. I'm like this. We want a piece of this guy, right? Usually, it's it's like it's the opposite. Like when when yeah. when you're feeling good about yourself, like you're just everything is so easy to stop. So yeah, I mean, amazing amazing career he had, and uh, I, I wish you know there are two good friends of mine. I wish we got a Stanley Cup, Henrik Lundqvist and Joe McGinley. I would have loved yeah. for them. I I did not want Jamie McConaughey to get one because I'd never hear the end of it. But those two guys, I definitely wanted them to get a cup. You are an absolute horrendous dresser. Is this guy blind? I hope you have a great day. That's the same guy, right? You're talking about that guy that says that about you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I just chirped him that he had a terrible first year. So, I mean, I I guess we're even now. (laughs) You are an absolute horrendous 
dresser. Is this guy blind? This I hope guy he had a have a great day, Struddy. That was Struddy's World, brought to you by Pathfind. Final segment. Let's get to the stream. Steve, turn yourself. There you Where are you? Where are you? Bring yourself in there, buds. Uh, ask us anything brought to you by Rini Buclan. Shark of the Park uh, of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Home is a feeling, right? Love being in the house right now. I have that feeling. Love being here. One of the biggest investments you'll ever make, Rini takes on just a select number of clients to give them a more personalized service. See why she was rated the number one individual agent this past year with her skilled negotiation and five-star client satisfaction, serving Sherwood Park, Edmonton, surrounding area, called the Shark of the Park. 780-994-0280. Before he went on vacation, Steve, Zuby forgot to give you the Shark of the Park music. Mm -hmm. So we have been without for this last week. <laughs> Uh, but with Chris coming back, we will get it again. You've done a good job, bud. If people are wondering where Zuby is, he took off for a solid week, and you have been doing everything. You did both Ray and Dreg's podcasts this week, Struds. He did all of our podcasts this week. He did the LeBron pod this week. Like, not bad for the new guy, hey? Really good. I, I just wish he would have <laughs> held firm on the toque instead of just caving. One comment, and the toque is gone. Yeah, he did the, buckle the, on that. The toque will be back. Don't worry about that. It's uh, getting colder here. Not Edmonton cold, but it's getting colder. <laughs> By the way, there were some chirps on the stream I saw earlier of Gregor because he had the beanie on during yeah. postgame tonight. <laughs> Expect the beanie look to be something you see a lot out of Jason Gregor because he's growing that uh, Costanza hair out. He's going to be in a toque every day, all day, or day. I'm sure. I think he's going to be in those stylish hats, like the fedoras and stuff like that. He's going to own that. If uh, anyone can okay, Struddy, okay. I've been I've been talking too much. Like I talked in too much of last night's podcast. I sure. probably talked too much of this one. <laughs> sure. We're gonna do one of those ones where you're gonna handle most of these. If I want to chime in, I'll put my hand up. But really, let's Steve, you fire him at Struddy, and Struddy, take it away, man. I'm Give the people what they here. want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. First really. one's uh, appropriate for Struddy. So Austin Peterson says the one thing I noticed Knobloch mentioned in pregame, I also noticed him do tonight which was holding players back and not forcing or pinching. Uh, do you notice that, Struds? His thoughts on the D yeah. tonight? Yeah, I think that, you know, just just understanding when to go. And I think that's a lot of Paul Coffey also be able to work with the, 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 the D men. Like, with right in the game, it's it's not always where the coach comes down. It's often the D men working with the D men coach. So I, I think that just understanding, do you have a real chance of getting the puck, yes or no? If you don't have a high percentage chance, don't jump and pinch. Okay, uh, interesting one from Brian. He says, what do you think of the difference in experience uh, between head coach experience and, the, and experience in the NHL? So lots of head coaching experience, but not a lot in the NHL. What's what's more valuable and uh, what are some of the uh, sort of qualities that he brings? Well, I think, you know, bench management, I think that's something you learn by going through it. You know, I don't think it has to be necessary in the NHL. I think the biggest challenge is managing egos in the NHL. Right. There's there's a ton of, uh, you know, people are there. They're, they're signed to an eight year contract. They're not going anywhere. Right. Or, or it's unlikely to go. So you have to understand how to work with them to manage that. The egos, everyone wants to get their puck touches. It's much different than in junior where it can be a little bit more like a dictatorship or, or, or even the American League where players are young and trying to find their game. A little too long. Keep going, Steve. <laughs> Everybody lost an ego, says uh Oilers looked like an NHL team tonight. New York was 500 before tonight, but had lost four straight. They were desperate. Um, so thoughts of the desperation, and that, I mean that's a tough, tough to play against a desperate team. Yeah, I just don't think they're that good. I, I, I don't like the way they're built. Um, I, I just, I like their D. I like their goalie, but they need someone up front that can be more dynamic beside Barzell and help Horvat. I, I just, I, I fail to see them being a real dangerous team all year. Ro Roshan Nelson says, uh, do you think they added coffee to the room as an assistant coach because they agree with you guys in needing a player that won the cup to join the team since it's so hard to make a trade right now? Yeah, I mean, he's it's it's hard because he's a coach, right? So he knows what it feels like, but he hasn't he's not on the bench playing with the players. So I think he can lend his voice to it and 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 talk to players a little bit about it one on one. But I just don't think it's quite the same as having a, a, a current player on the roster. Okay, sorry, Shagar. We're going to have to bring you in here. Michael uh, Dahi asks, or Dohi asks, 
Uh, do you know what Chris Knobloch's term is? And I believe you tweeted the other day. It's this yeah, season Yeah, I tweeted plus it yesterday. Yeah. This season plus two more years. Yeah. And by the way, coffee's year, coffee's deal is just to the end of this year. Like whatever deal he may or may not have. Saw some questions too on the stream about whether or not he was stepping back from his advisor role. Didn't report that at all. I don't believe he is. I think he's going to continue on with the dual role. Um, yeah. And Knobloch is the rest of this year. Plus two more years after that. Don't know what the dollar figure is. Um, yeah, it was cool. Cool to see that for him today, tonight. Okay, Mike Smith keeps asking and really wants to know, uh, Ryan, uh, talking about Ryan McLeod and your thoughts on Ryan McLeod. And if the money could work and the price isn't too high, would you trade McLeod for Costin straight up at this point? Did you notice that he, uh, Knobloch actually said he yeah. liked McLeod's game and thinks there's a lot there? So he pointed that out. The other thing I'll tell you is this morning at practice, uh, he took some time and, and, and had a chat with McLeod as well. So this is what we're going to see from Chris Knobloch, right? It's a clean slate, and he's going to just try and build players up, and he's going to try and make empower players to just start writing whatever story they want with him. So what did I think of Ryan McLeod tonight? I thought he was part of a line that had lots of energy and played with a lot of speed. I thought that, uh, you know, he, he had definitely had the speed in his game again tonight. And maybe it's because I'm too fixated on it, Struds. You know, it's like every coach has his guy that they can be yeah. hard on. Maybe every media guy has his, his guy they can be hard on. Maybe that's the case with me. Uh, I just have a hard time with the number of checks that he had. He does not feel like his it's his responsibility at all to contribute to the physical element of the game. And it's it's just mind-numbing to me that when you're not producing offense that you can't finish checks regularly. And he's not getting many shots on net. So it has been a rough year so far for him. And I think there's a tremendous distance to go. I would say trade him. But I am interested what a new coach bounce could look like for him. What can this coach get out of this player? And I think I would probably hang on to him to see how he reacted to not block struts. Yeah, I, I think, though, just quickly, like Fogel... Part of the reason I think they're going to keep Fogel down there is so they can get some chemistry together. And 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 Knobloch talked about that. Yeah. Okay. A couple more, Steve. Sure. Harry, Harry Polinski says, do you think all these people that know Connor personally in the organization uh, can backfire? It's starting to feel a little bit like the McDavid fanboy club. Uh, can it backfire? I mean, if you're putting people who aren't qualified in place and so the organization doesn't win that's it backfiring uh everybody who's been hired i think to a degree makes sense right i i agreed with the jeff jackson placement i thought it was shrewd and smart mm -hmm. said that on the podcast chris knobloch eh, you know probably not on a ton of short lists right at this moment but this is a jeff jackson hire uh, the Connor Brown thing, I'm not even going to include in there because I think, you know, he's a good player. We've talked about Connor Brown for a number of years here. I think it backfires Strud's if it doesn't work, but that has nothing to do with whether he knows people or not. The whole system backfires if they don't win. Yeah, like I don't think it's a coincidence that all these three people have come to no. the organization within the last year. Like, I agree. oh, geez, what about this guy? Oh, he happens. Like, I think there is some of that to bring in people he knows. Uh, but again, Strud's, it's not him sitting back there no, saying no, i want no. this guy i want this guy i'm not all. saying that i'm not saying but oh, i know I mean, you're not i'm just re-clarifying each of them kind of made sense right um but at the end of the day they, they do need to continue to move forward as a group and get better and keep adding more depth to this lineup and seeing young players come up and helping or whatever like they you know i think that's the best way to keep your best players is to keep winning having success yeah all right, Steve, one more, and then we'll roll out of here with our uh -huh. gem of the day. Just a fun one. Uh, wondering if you guys happen to notice. Uh, this comes from the stream. I didn't see this myself, but Paul Coffey wearing his Stanley Cup ring behind the bench today. And huh. if that means anything. <laughs> was <laughs> he? he? If he did it intentionally. That came from the stream. I didn't see it myself. I didn't notice that. I was looking at him a lot, too. Um, I didn't notice that. I did notice that he was quite often talking to the guys one-on-one, but more after something kind of good happened, not when bad. Now, I wasn't staring at him every shift, but I thought it was more something I thought would be interpreted as a good play, you talk. If you had a Stanley Cup ring, Strud's, how often would you wear it? 
I'm not a ring guy. I don't even remember my wedding ring, so never. I might put never. it on a chain around my neck. I don't know. <laughs> you? Uh, um, if I had one, how often would I wear it? Well, I've got a midget AAA provincial championship uh, under my belt. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I'm not even sure where the ring is right now. As much yeah. as that might shock people, right? Uh, I've let that one kind of slide. So I'm going to say probably not much because those are close to the same. Time now for the gem of the day brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sport. United Sport and Cycle. It's definitely your home for hockey. Sticks, skates, masks, pads. They can get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Check them out at www.unitedsport.ca. I have one in mind, but I'm interested in what yours is, Struds. Maybe they're the same. Maybe yeah, we'll I'm just going to go. I think it's the same. I'm going to go with the call from the wife to Knobloch. Mrs. Yeah. Knobloch calling Mr. Knobloch post-game. The, in the FaceTime room. call yeah. post-game in the locker room. Brad Harrison. Long-time train, uh, equipment guy with uh, with the orders. Got that together last minute. So kudos to Harry. Really nice gesture. And uh, the gem of the day, I think that is definitely fitting. And the gem of the day is him grabbing that win. You know, yeah. to come in here and start out like that. He was emotional earlier in the day. Capped off with that nice story and a win. Congratulations to Chris Knobloch on uh, grabbing that win. Okay, Struddy, thanks for carrying me tonight, buddy. I was a little spent. You did most yeah. of the heavy lifting, so much appreciated. You're welcome, and that is true. Yes, all yes, all of that is true. Thanks <laughs> to you on the stream for joining us. Much appreciated. Head on over to iTunes if you get a, uh, if you get a minute. Leave us uh, a review on the podcast. That always helps us. I won't beg you for a five-star review. If you feel we are worthy of a five-star review, then give us one. Uh, by the way... Pound that love button before we go, because I didn't see many hearts. I didn't see many hearts floating through the right. stream, and apparently that helps our algorithm. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, including our title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. Steve, great job this week. Zuby is back. Uh, so look forward to checking in with Chris. Have a great finish to your night, folks, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>